There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Hey, what's up? Hey. Good to be here with you today. Yes. I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Well, we haven't because we've been down for the count. We have been. Uh And um, yeah, thanks to everybody that sent us their well wishes because... There was a lot of you. There was a lot of you. Um, Yeah, and we're sorry to our podcast listeners because it's hard to get the message out if you only listen to us through the podcast and don't um, follow us on social media or anything. So Uh um, if you want to know, know, like, I mean, if this were to happen again... Um, just follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast, mm-hmm. and you'll have the updates of, uh, why we may not be recording at any given time. Yeah. And there was a reason, um, if you, if I had major ear infections, both ears mm-hmm. and Deidre has had TMJ uh, Yeah, she got diagnosed with TMJ. So, yeah, um, I can get my mouth open enough to eat solid food now. It's really exciting. Yeah. She, she had trouble just speaking. So. <laughs> And that was good for me because I didn't have to hear a nag. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but um, my ear is doing a lot better. I can actually hear out of it now. I wasn't able to even hear out of my uh, you right sure? ear. Because for... you're kind of yelling. So maybe you can't hear out of <laughs> maybe it. Maybe I can't. No, <laughs> I couldn't hear out of my right ear in, for like more than two weeks straight. Yeah. And so that's a long time. I think uh, so. they're ready for us to share. It looks like all of our audio is up and running. Sorry, I was just checking. Yeah, because we haven't done this in a while. Facebook. All right, well, we're going to talk about the Curse of Oak Island today, mm-hmm. of course. Season 8, Episode 19, A Loose Cannonball. Yep. Um, we did miss last week. We might get back to it maybe in the off season. Yes, but we don't want to fall too far behind. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you that join us for trivia. So that's still happening tonight at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And the questions are going to be about the episode we were going to do before right so the episode before this not cannon fodder uh no not a loose cannonball yeah from cannon fodder from cannon fodder Mm -hmm. oh speaking of when i posted this i bet you anything that the title says cannon fodder instead of a loose cannonball so i'm gonna have to go in and change that that's okay you could change it Mm -hmm. we'll give you permission to do so oh thank you thank you yeah so is there anything you want to say about cannon fodder before we move on to no Let's decide what areas we're going to talk about uh, first. Well, wait, I want to talk about cannon fodder oh, just for sorry. one second. Is there something you want to talk about with cannon fodder before we got started? Just one thing. Okay. I just thought it was fun and it was fun um, seeing your reaction to when um, Rick was down at uh, the swamp, uh, not the swamp, at the Stone Road with Miriam. Mm-hmm. And Miriam was tasked with keeping Rick in line. <laughs> and then rick's like well i want to go do this thing over here and she's like no no you gotta go and do the you know i'm the boss right and he's like Meh. yeah so anyway that's the only thing I, that's the thing that stood out most in my mind because it, it made you happy it did it made me so happy i was like girl power yeah. Yeah, it was oh, pretty fun miriam if you catch this i really would like to talk to you yeah. on the podcast yeah. that would be rad Woo-hoo, girl power yeah that was fun so so why don't we start off with the swamp then since the swamp. that's where uh, miriam got to uh, be in charge <laughs> Yeah. So the swamp. So this episode, that's where it just began. Mm-hmm. And we had Rick arriving and he's greeted by Aaron Taylor and Miriam. 
Emerald. Mm -hmm. right? And so Rick wanted to know where they were going as far as the road is mm -hmm. concerned. If the pathway is going upland, if it's continuing this way, that way. Aaron says it's possibly splitting at this point. Yeah, it looked like it was a, I was going to say a V, but it's kind of a Y. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> either way. But something I just, it, they are so far up. Yeah, up by the eye of the swamp. Yeah, they're like it's crazy. freezing on past the peninsula, or as Jeff calls it, Nolan's Peninsula. I like <laughs> that, by the way. Who called it that? Uh, Jeff Freeman over oh. uh, uh, Oak Island and beyond. Sweet. And That's he good always good calls name. it Nolan's Peninsula, and he said he dubbed it that, but you don't know what it's actually called. I think it's called Nolan's Peninsula. Like, we all know what you're talking about when you say that. So yes, It is now. It is now dubbed. It's canon. Cannonball, yeah. cannon fodder. No, no, it's like it needs its legit. own trading card. It's an official place now. But mm. did they tear that thing up? Mm. I don't know. Some of those drone shots, I was like, hot dog. Yeah. So Billy and Jack are hard at work down there yep. doing their thing as they do. Um, you know, did Jack even speak one word in this episode? He's like a ghost. I'm not sure. Where's I feel Jack? like he may have nodded. Does that count? Yeah. He did his thing where he puts his hands behind his back and just looks politely and says, oh, you know, mm -hmm. he's and, taking in the information. Yeah. All right. So Rick asks how he can help at this point. Aaron mm -hmm. tells him that he could go work with Miriam. So mm -hmm. there you go. <laughs> and to see if they can find a boundary of the stone road. Mm -hmm. Aaron's gut tells him that he's going to that's going to turn uphill, but they need to get the boundary defined so that they know for sure. Mm -hmm. so. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. Seems logical, right? If you can follow the boundary, and he's talking about getting a swamp boundary so they know where it was and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, of course, Robert Clotworthy chimes in and recaps that over the past few weeks, the team has found ancient pottery, wooden keg barrels, iron ring bolts, and stakes. Oh my, oh my, yeah, I want to talk about the stakes for a second. Okay. So, I was watching uh, some past episodes looking for screenshots of my epic Oak Island map that's in the process. Whoa, it's Pretty gonna epic. be cool, guys. Um, but when they were digging on and they were pulling up the paved area from last year, and they were just starting, Rick in one of those episodes. He, they pulled up stakes, like, you know. Yeah, but they were smaller, weren't they? Or they were bigger, weren't they? They were bigger. There was, I think there was a smaller one. They did find smaller ones, of course, with this stone pathway. But they found stakes over in that stone pad, or the parking lot, as I like to call it. And then, but they looked like they were constructed the same way, even if they were different size stakes. I mean, maybe... You got a bunch of people making stakes and the pile of wood they got was smaller than the pile of wood the other people got. But it just made me think that I don't know if they tested the wood stakes from last year. I'm sure they did. But did they match what they found this year? And then there's this flashback to all the stakes Fred Nolan found. I forgot how many. Like It looked like a wood pile <laughs> of just stakes and when he had them dated i thought it was back to the 1500s yeah i don't i don't remember but maybe fred nolan then restaked too you know maybe some of the stuff they're finding is some of his work if the stakes look the same as the i don't know it just made me think maybe 
this could be something that actually ties them together as far as date-wise. Could it? Because they're so excited about the stakes right now, but they when they found them last year, they're like, oh, here's kind of what Tom found. Oh, yay, more stakes. But now they're like, stakes? I'm sorry, this... I ain't got no beef with that. They're really invested in this whole Stone Road thing, so everything is exciting. It is, but I'm just saying this could be something that really ties the two together if they were finding stakes in both those places. It very well could. That is all. Cool. So Aaron continues, (laughs) and he finds something he calls interesting, Mm -hmm. and he gets Miriam over to take a look. He wants her opinion, and uh, Jack and Rick also come over to check, and he shows them some stacked rocks that he isn't sure that if they're uh, part of the road feature or something else, but he speculates they might be part of a cellar feature of a building. And Rick calls it incredible. And Aaron says, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, is that what he said? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, okay. he's excited. Did you do you have all my other Aaron buttons on here? I only have the other one. There's this one. Oh yeah, girl. Yeah, that's the best one. That's the best <laughs> and one. then of course, um <laughs> I fixed uh Terry's oh. the Mark of Palooza just to- They're everywhere, they're everywhere. Because that's the quote we usually use. The stakes. They're everywhere, they're everywhere. They are. I couldn't help myself, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's funny. All right, so uh, Rick says that it's another mystery. He doesn't need another mystery. And, um, you know, another what is it? Mm-hmm. He but doesn't need more questions. They kind of all laugh and, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic Oak Island. Yeah. That's exciting that they have found a cellar there. I yeah. mean. Well, uh, yeah. It's, Potentially it, a cellar. We'll see what they what it is. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. So in a little side interview, Rick says that if this structure was um, used by humans, what is the relevance to it being so close to that stone road? Mm-hmm. Good question, right? And Aaron says that he'll get back onto it and try to have an answer for them by the end of the day. Rick smiles and says, okay, thank you. But have I'm an thinking answer myself, by the end of the day? Yeah, I'm like, nobody has an answer by the end of the day on Oak Island. Yeah, let alone by the end of the year. Like, <laughs> Aaron, you're really ambitious. It was just pretty funny. It, it's more of an Aaron breakout episode. This guy. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. yeah, Aaron's really killing it this year. Oh, he's totally killing it. And I had forgot that he was the one that came and visited us. What last was it last year with Doctor Spooner and gave an opinion on yeah. uh, the stone pathway in the yeah, back. He was just one was and really done watching. last year, and now he's like, "Nope, I'm moving to Oak Island." Yeah, he's the one where he asked Marty if he could go down and take a closer look, <laughs> and Marty says that. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> that stuck with me because I really wanted Marty to tell me I could go and do whatever I wanted on the Maybe island. someday. Maybe someday. Come up with a good theory or become an archaeologist, okay? <sighs> you only got a couple years of schooling ahead of you if that's your, what you want to do. Deidre wanted to be an archaeologist when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, that was one of her main goals in life. Mm-hmm. But then it switched to, like, pastry chef, and then it switched to... I spent very little time on the pastry chef okay. stuff, but I did want to be a chemist. Then I took chemistry. I hated chemistry. So, yikes, that wasn't going to work. But I'm a very artistic type of person. So here I am. As most of you know, a lot of you uh, follow my photography and other random things I make, like that great capture of uh, Michael John and Steve on a break building sandcastles. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. It is. Sometimes you got to just take five minutes and build a giant sandcastle. Or two. Or two. (laughs) 
Now, hey, uh, the pastry uh, chef reminds me about something real quick. Okay. Um, this last week, um, it's not, I don't know if she listens to the Oak Island podcast, but mm. one of our friends in the treasure hunting community yeah. sent us a nice thank you. Um, she sent us these uh, cool marshmallow fluff uh, pastry things. Anyway, they're like, they were, they're made by like this really famous um, chef. Yeah. And she signed the box when she sent it to us and everything. And it was, was like, really cool. yeah, like she's been on all these shows on like Food Network and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, thank you so much because we had, shared a treasure hunt she created mm-hmm. and did a lot of promoting for her for for nothing because you know we want i mean people it, to know about the hobby yeah we like yeah that's that's like one of our primary objectives with treasure hunting is to like just raise awareness because a lot of people just don't know they just don't know i yes that was a really nice and very sweet very sweet and and her name is uh, lisa yeah. and if you are listening to this i, I don't know if she doesn't thank know you. thank you you're awesome lisa i'm still eating them very cool yeah. okay back to swamp <laughs> uh so we went away to go to the money pit but then come back to the swamp and we have rick and dr spooner arrive and of course they greet aaron arian wow i, I was aaron. combining aaron and miriam with a new power couple aaron oh, and miriam um archaeology power yeah with their trials combined hmm. uh so aaron <laughs> shows spooner the possible seller feature and he says that it's unlike anything they've seen before because of the way the stones are stacked vertically and it looks like that the feature is separate from the stone road i mean it's right next to it but separate yeah yeah so rick says uh, rick wants to know if the two features are contemporaneous you know one of his favorite words he likes to say yeah and or if they're talking um and uh, two different time periods mm-hmm. and two different purposes. And Aaron replied that he doesn't think that it could be a coincidence that this thing um, was, or uh, that, and he thinks that if they can figure out what it, it is, that'll go a long way to telling them what the road and seller could be mm-hmm. and the meaning for them. So, well, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting because it is so close to the stone road, which appears to be you know leading to a wharf up here whatever right and then but for it to be right there if it was built at the same time i don't know like what what are you gonna use it for we know there was a fire pit right there obviously either for building to keep people warm while building the stone road but why not have a shelter too Mm. sure i mean that just goes to say a lot of human activity if there's also like what looks to be a permanent does it yes a permanent like like a residence or something yeah but a lot of people are going to be in this one little room like it has to be a whole bunch of them but why go through the effort of building something that's got like a solid foundation back in the day they used like tents and stuff they're just gonna pitch a tent for all these people they're not gonna have like i know foundations for each of these people i know that so that's why i'm questioning why would there be like a permanent foundation of some kind there. Where, why, why build it out of because columbus got a floor okay to hide his shoes in <laughs> yeah so ian says that it deserves more treatment aaron agrees and says that Miriam and one other person can handle this uh excavation mm-hmm. and he wants to show them something else exciting 
uh, that he's going to put more resources towards. And Clotworthy then goes on to explain that with the harsh fall winter, or sorry, fall weather um, <laughs> come now approaching, that they'll have to carefully divide the resources and also remain focused on identifying where the two branches of the stone pathway are ultimately leading. All right. So mm -hmm. that's our first hint that the end of the season is coming. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's like a real hint. They always say that every year with the fall, you know, the uh, cold winter approaching with the fall approaching, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. They say that every season to indicate, hey, only things got to wrap up. You know, it, it's getting cold out. Everybody's kind of got their heavier gear on. Mm -hmm. We see when, you know, Aaron comes out. It looks like it's kind of windy and rainy and. I mean, I, I would assume it's hard to work in the swamp when. No, because remember they remember Maddie Blake showed up and they're like doing cores oh, on yeah. the swamp in the middle of the winter. They don't care. They I didn't do say it. they cared. I just said it'd be more difficult. Well, it's more difficult, but they, they still do they're it. Probably tired after you know six they don't seven stop. months. Oh no, they don't even know how to stop. Didn't Spooner come to the swamp and then like never left? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Billy's like, "I'll come in my days off." You know, like he just like these people are so uh, dedicated, they're not going to stop. I bet you that's Doctor Spooner's uh, foundation there. He's like, dang it, they found where I've been staying, and he's like, the no, rock structure. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, so Aaron says they've caught the road coming this way, whatever way that is, uh -huh. and it's angling toward the eye of the swamp. Dun 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 dun. The aerial pictures, like I didn't realize I knew they were getting close to the eye, but it's right there they're almost in tom nolan's backyard yeah you can see his outbuildings mm -hmm. yep so um clotworthy then recaps the eye of the swamp finding the backfield shaft and the circular feature of rocks in addition to the paved stone area uh clotworthy speculates if the eye of the swamp was one of the places the treasure was hidden long ago that would be cool um rick goes on to kind of conclude this little section at the swamp. Um, he says that they need to verify that this area is part of the stone road and not road and not just like a jumble of rocks because mm -hmm. basically the whole island has a bunch of big jumbles jumble of, of rocks, rocks everywhere. Yeah. And um, because, you know. It, it's a rocky road <laughs> and they need to road. define it from a jumble of rocks. Yeah. And Aaron uh, says that He's going to go back to working on the other part of the road. And Miriam says that they've got a lot of work to do. And that's kind of where the scene ends. A very little time. Should be interesting. Yeah. I'm curious how they're going to like cover things up or yeah. whatever. I don't have the rest of the notes. Uh, go back. I put them in the draft folder. Oh, you're right here. Yeah, that's all. Oh, okay. The... Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So... So then we go back to the swamp a little bit later on. We have Jack and uh, David Fernetti. Not Jack. Sorry, Gary. I was like, David Jack? <laughs> I'm looking at Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. sorry, Jack. Uh, Gary has a new uh, lucky digger. <laughs> right? And he's really lucky. Like, It seems so. So he met up with, they met up with uh, Aaron Spooner, Miriam. You know, the usual crowd. Yep. And uh, the usual suspects out there. Usual suspects. Uh, Aaron explains to Gary and David that all the different areas they're working on, like, you know, uh -huh. showing them this and that and uh, the spoils pile and they need them to scan over for artifacts. So yeah, that's Gary's like primary objective. So, I mean, right. Sounds good. They, I mean, they've obviously had to move a lot of dirt to get down to the road. Mm -hmm. They did. All right. So they did get a hit. 
mm-hmm. you know, with the metal detector. Yep. And it was in the wall of the trench that Billy had dug. Mm-hmm. And Gary asks Aaron to come over and take a look because he's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't like just like start digging this out of the wall ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have like archaeologists right here. Yeah. And it had all the rocks around it. And he's yeah. thinking if it's in situ, eh, we should probably have an archaeologist here for that. So they do. Good and then- call. And then Aaron's like, oh, I got it. And mm-hmm. he starts digging it out. And it ends up being like what looks like a caster wheel. Mm-hmm. And it looks, um, yeah, it, to me, and uh, probably to you too, it mm-hmm. did look a little bit modern. So a little bit modern. But more modern there? than I had expected for it yeah. to be so deep. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it looks like, I don't know. Well, Okay, this this is going to sound weird. If Home Depot was was a thing in like 1920 or something, it looked like it come from that era to me. Okay, <laughs> it didn't look that new. But no. the first thing I went to mm-hmm. is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And at the beginning where they're all like, hi, ho, mm-hmm. and they're coming in and out and they're mining all the already cut gems. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it looks like one of those carts with the caster wheels on it sure. that you would roll in and out of a mine. Or... I assumed it would have been on tracks of some sort because mm-hmm. you, you know, would have caster wheels to, uh, you, have you seen pictures of old mines with these carts that are on tracks? Yeah. And, but it's just, it's the plate on it that looks quite well, no. modern because it is, it doesn't seem super crude, but they're saying it's really heavy. Yeah. Cast iron's real heavy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't Hopefully know. Hopefully we know more come like the episode, next episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So um, then it looks like we come back to maybe the final. Yeah. The final part of the episode where they're back at the swamp. Mm-hmm. So Rick and Steve show up to help out Aaron, Miriam, and Michael John's there too. Michael John's Just a saying. hero. Wait, Gearheart, property improvement, improvement employee of the year. He might be approaching employee of the decade. Yeah, Just he saying. might be MVP of the season. Yeah, that guy's buff. <laughs> By the way, when they're at the wash table, I was like, "Oh, Hulk smash!" He uses his power for good. He does. Okay? <laughs> that guy has many talents. Between the excavator, he's at the spoils table. He finds everything. He's got he's got eagle eyes. He. Obviously, I mean, he had found the rosehead spike. He's do he's a lucky digger for Gary. Yeah, I think they're probably just gonna like say, "All right, hey, we're just gonna bring we're you onto the him. team, and you don't work for Billy anymore. You work for me." No, <laughs> he is now just Michael John, treasure hunter. That's what he. That's who he is. Yeah, just who he is. Yeah, I I gotta meet he this finds guy. Things. Yeah, he's he's legit. So good job, Michael. Yeah, and so they're at the uh, edge of the swamp, you know, mm-hmm. uh, by that cellar feature doing yep. some work. Aaron sets up uh, Rick, Steve, and Michael to uh, work on the cellar feature to find all the edges. And then he puts Miriam back in charge because yeah. she's the, you know. He designates her in charge and they have to listen to her. She's a taskmaster. She's got to crack the whip of these guys. I love it. Keep them on. Go on. Miriam. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. And Steve's, you know, uh, using a, mm-hmm. what is he using? He's using a shovel. Yeah, a shovel. <laughs> what is that thing? And like a dustpan. Yeah, and, and a dustpan. And I'm like, where's the GPS? Who has the prison pole of truth? You know, Did he not funny. think anything would be found tomorrow? So when we talk to Steve, Steve's like, yeah, I'm so like busy all the time. People need me here or there. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't ever stop. They, they wish they had more of me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Looks like you weren't using your GPS right there, Steve. 
I think they you must they, have been done or something. <laughs> I'm wondering if because he said he's always got to be at the money pit if the drill is down, like he's got to be the person that moves the drill to the next hole, right? So maybe they were. Oh, maybe uh, it was the weekend and Joyce <laughs> was off for the weekend, so he wasn't at the money pit. Maybe they're so like, sure, I'll help on the stone pathway. I I don't know. I don't know. Somehow Steve got a break. He got a break so that he could work more <laughs> and do sand, harder work on brackish sand castles. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And everybody starts finding things around him, mm -hmm. like you know. But he's good luck. But he, but he didn't find anything. He looked really sad about it's okay. it. Okay, it's his presence. It's his presence. He's mag. He's magnetic. I don't know. I think uh, Michael is <laughs> Michael's is, is the good luck charm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Miriam then finds a piece of pottery. Yep. And she says it looks like a piece of refined white earthenware, and it had a little design on it. And uh -huh. I think Rick was like, oh, I can't see that. Yeah, he's like, your eyes are better than mine. <laughs> yeah. And my first thought was, lick it. <laughs> lick it. <laughs> Let's weirdo. test it. Lick it. Lick it. But Aaron wasn't around. Aaron so. would have licked it. <laughs> or he would have been like, Miriam, like, why ah, didn't you lick it? my tongue because he's like a joker, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, Rick shows Miriam a burnt piece of wood that he had found, mm -hmm. and uh, she pulled a laird. Yeah, she crushed his dreams. She said, I think it's just a burnt piece of wood, not a burn feature, because there's nothing mm -hmm. around it. And Rick looked pretty excited. And she was like, uh-uh, none of that. She's keeping Rick on his toes. I love it. <laughs> she really is. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> she totally pulls a laird. It's pretty good. Yeah, which was great. And then Michael John... Uh, Types super, up super Mike, super Mike, and shows that he's come across a cavity or cavity. a void. A void could it be? It could be, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is because like they're sticking their arm down there and it's a bottomless pit. And Rick just <laughs> like, and I'm thinking, what does it take in there, Rick? Stick your hand in random holes, like something's gonna eat yeah. it or your arm's okay. gonna get chopped they're off not in australia time. okay like our friends like claire and chris yeah they would they wouldn't stick their hands in a hole down down under where they live we wouldn't hear either yeah but like, like it's a canada it's fine like what's gonna be down kind there of rabid can't what's gonna be down there yeah, it's not, you mean up there and in the frigid cold they probably have yetis or something that live <laughs> inside, in holes inside a little tiny hole yeah okay it so, may be a baby yeti and it's gonna eat his fingers off First, you don't even believe in Bigfoot. I believe in his cousin, the Yeti, in Canada. Bigfoot's real. I'm going to tell Maddie Blake that you're talking like this. and That's fine. He knows. Last time we talked to him, we went into the whole thing about Bigfoot. And we can bring this up when we talk to him uh, later this year. Bigfoot's real. Okay, that's fine. And so it's his cousin, the Yeti, that wants to gnaw off rick's hand mm -hmm. i'm just saying don't go sticking your hand in snakes. random holes there's not giant spiders he's fine you don't know that you don't know that anyway so he sticks his hand in there he says oh my hand's too small and Miriam's <laughs> thinking well i'm not putting my <laughs> hands in there like That's funny. come on now yeah. this is why we have to put Miriam in charge so that rick doesn't hurt himself oh oi oi yeah so um yeah rick was stoked though you mm -hmm. know you can't you can't unsee that uh joy on his face thank and you tom sorry i just saw the chat tom said there could have been a mad beaver hmm. see I guess. see i told you there was something there that could eat his hand 
very I just had sad. my eyes operated on again and I still can't see the chat. That's lame. It's hard for me <laughs> to see the chat from here, but I saw Mad Beaver. So I can see the names still and I just can't read the, the text because the mm -hmm. names are bold. Like I see our friends Agnes and Dawn and uh Gloria and Steve. I see a lot of our friends hanging out in the chat and Janet. You can't see what they're saying. But I can't see what they're saying. It's so okay. sad. But anyway, thank you so much for saying those things. Anywho, anywho, uh Rick's bringing it back points out that Anthony Gray's farms, they're not far from there. And we I didn't realize how much property he had, but he had bought how many lots? He bought lots five through twenty from John smith after he died that's like half the island almost yeah like almost the top half of the island it's almost like he knew something yeah and points out he could have built his home like near the money pit say but he didn't where he where'd he build it not far from here he sounds ended like close up, to the eye of the swamp yeah um near jot Jodry's? Joffrey's. Joffrey's no, Cove. Jordy's. Jordy's Cove, yeah. which was just north of the swamp. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which I think is where the Nolan's Nolan property there, yeah. is, right? Uh, ish. Hmm, ish, right? And th that's interesting. Maybe this is one of his outbuildings because they are so far up there. If you were going to hide money, mm -hmm. a treasure, whatever, you're, you're probably not going to hide it in your sleeping quarters probably not because that's where if someone was coming to rob you or steal your stuff that's where they would initially look yep but if you had it hidden out in a barn or a outbuilding of some kind in a cellar could it be so he's hoping to you know stick his hand in there and not get a <laughs> mad beaver pull out a bag of gold yeah because um Graves was apparently, you know, he would buy things with Spanish gold and silver, like on the mainland. He'd just be like, oh, I got some gold. I got yeah. some silver. Let me pay. Here's and, a tip for you. And Samuel Ball. I mean, that's saying something. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's all that's hearsay, though. Something. It's hearsay. They don't have proof. I want to see security footage of him uh, paying with gold pieces and silver pieces. Right. Spanish. It's all part of the lore, as you will. <laughs> and even so rick what do you say later i think i yeah he, he always thought something was hidden each of the rock walls mm -hmm. but like the money pit you have to hold it in your hand you have to hold it in your hand you know, like you have to have the proof in your hand to say mm -hmm. it just like the gold that he spent like we don't proof is in the pudding a theory is merely a theory until you can hold evidence in your hand true that how many times have we said that i feel you rick all the time anyways as they're digging down into the cellar rick's very excited but he's like okay it sounds like they were he he was energized and so we got to dig down to the feature now and then he notes that's going to be a lot of dirt to pull <laughs> off by hand. Can you imagine? Yeah, he's like so elated. Then he's like, oh, crud. The, crud monkeys, yeah, right? Yeah, crud monkeys. They can't use Billy's trowel or MJ's trowel or anybody's trowel. They got to use The it. only trowel is Laird's trowel <laughs> that he wields with the power of Laird's truth. been hiding. He's been doing some other no, stuff. No, Laird's in his happy place. He's hanging mm. out at the Ball Foundation. We saw him this episode, though. Yes, we did. 
So I don't know. That's kind of it for that's the swamp. Really eh? it for the swamp, right? So yeah. money so, pit. Let's talk about pit day money. The money pit. So you want to talk about Charles and Terry? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Charles and Terry are everywhere. Not necessarily, but it's a Terryism. <laughs> Okay, so Charles, well, the first time we get to the money pit, Charles is asking Terry if they don't hit something at 87, 88 feet, do they continue on this same grid that they've got laid out? And Terry replied that it's all precedented on probably hitting predict predicated predicated. Oh my gosh, on hitting the tunnel again, which they do. It's crazy. It's just like hit boom, after hit boom, after boom. hit. <laughs> goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. Mm. And Clotworthy gives us a nice little recap uh, that the wood they've been finding from from this grid has been carbon dated back to 1648. And he explains that they're working on borehole CD 2.5. And that's the only hole they're working on this yeah. episode. It, it appears and they've once again and they'll once again hit the tunnel or perhaps treasure vault itself they're hoping i mean they're hoping so in an interview um after they show that we have rick mm -hmm. and he says that hitting the tunnel at depth consistently is interesting because he's not um just sure that there's ever been a tunnel on oak island at such a shallow depth and i'm thinking mm -hmm. to myself what about shaft oh that's a that's a shaft i was shaft five was really shallow well, yeah, and shafts but, run up and down, so they yeah, have to tunnel. start. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I, I realized it as soon as I said it. Okay? Mm -hmm. I just had to say it out loud. Sometimes you have to say something out loud, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. But in perspective, <laughs> like 87 to 88 feet, I mean, that's shallow maybe for Oak Island. But in general, that's <laughs> not very shallow. Like, that's a pretty deep shaft. I mean, tunnel. It is, it is. It, it just, yeah, that's not undeep, if you will. So they had an interview um, mm -hmm. with Marty, and he said that the tunnels keep popping up and uh, right where they shouldn't be. And it is the, is it searchers or original depositors? You know, that's always the question. Mm -hmm. He wants to believe that they're really close to the money pit because that would be really exciting. Marty, we agree. We agree, Marty. So Terry and um, Charles put the next sausage on the operating table, you know, choice mm -hmm. sausage. And uh, Terry says, let's give it a slice. Let's do it. Let's operate. So they cut it open. Um, Charles notes that this is some very solid stuff. Terry says, yep. But then immediately find some wood embedded in it into this uh, hard packed dirt. And he calls it very significant section of wood compared to some of the other ones. And Charles also finds a chunk of wood in the section he's examining on the other end. So pretty good stuff. And Terry notes that this was from 83 and a half feet to 88 feet. Mm -hmm. Bingo. Oh, do you have your bingo? I don't. You, no. oh, you took away. Oh, bingo. There you go. You didn't take away. Good job. <laughs> oh, I had to add some stuff in there because I've had some technical difficulties lately. Bingo. Bingo. I mean, it's right in the zone. Mm -hmm. So then Rick and Scott join them at the table. And there's a little side interview with uh, Charles, and he says that they found wood in six consecutive holes, and it's definitely exciting. Yeah, we're like Charles. They, yeah, they never hit mm -hmm. like exactly what they're looking for at the exact right place. 
like that many times in a <laughs> row. It, it's nice little mini victories. They're like bread crumb, bread crumb victories. I like it. I like it too, of course. So yeah. And then, so like we said, Scott and Rick had joined them and uh, the guys are, um, Terry is like eager to show Rick what they had found. Mm -hmm. And Rick asks if they were too far away for this to be the shaft that intersects with C1. And Scott says, no, no, they're not. Um, because of these small ridges um, are two and a half feet. So they're five feet away right now from C1. Mm -hmm. And uh, Terry kind of said that the exterior wall of C1 um, is right nearby. So it's good mm -hmm. news. Yeah, that so. is great news. I'd be very interested to see what the seismic data right there says. I know this is kind of a hard depth for the seismic. Yeah, but come on. Come on. Charles had it years ago. Charles, that that's good stuff. They, I mean, like even Clotworthy goes into it. He's like, yep. And, you know, like he says it, you know, every other episode. Mm -hmm. But, oh, remember five years ago, Charles Barkhouse shows the spot mm -hmm. and has a whole big history on C1, of course. Right. And it's like, oh, my gosh, Charles. And Marty thought it was a long shot. And it, you know, sometimes the long shot pays off. It does. Rick says that finding a tunnel associated with C1 is good news. He leaves them there to continue their work and, uh, you know, doing what they're doing at the borehole. Mm -hmm. And we'll see what tomorrow brings. Yep. And what does tomorrow bring? Tomorrow brings, okay, that's the war. Do we want to get into the war room stuff now? Mm, do we have any more? Let me look at. No, I guess that's it in the money pit. Wow. Yeah, we have the war room and then we have the, uh, wash table so let's do, and the research center do you want to do war room yeah let's do the war room so that was it for money pit action that's sad mm -hmm. i for some reason i thought we went back there one more time but yeah, yeah but this whole uh james mcquiston um presentation mm -hmm. it uh it, it gobbled up a lot of time for good reason it's fun and yeah. it's really good it's really interesting and he's definitely a wealth of knowledge and brings some very interesting information if you guys remember him from last year um and the talking, Knights baronet yep and the scottish connection yeah interesting enough on the next time on we see there's a scottish ox shoe some kind of find that carmen mm -hmm. Lake suggests is scottish yeah i think that's really interesting yeah pretty cool all right so we're in the war room yep. we've got rick alex charles billy are all hanging out together. Mm -hmm. And then we had via teleconference, Marty Craig and author James McQuiston, mm -hmm. researcher. So James is there to discuss additional information about the Knights Baronet and their influence and ties to Oak Island. He's also there to discuss new information about how the treasure may have been hidden on the island. And he has a brand new book that just came out. Oh, yeah. huh? I think it's uh, Oak Island, New Ross. Yes. Yeah. So go check it out. I know a lot of our listeners have already posted pictures. Oh, look what I got. Yeah. And so, cool. All right. So James tells us about the three types of men that came to Oak Island when it was first settled. And when the search for treasure began, these men came from the Freemasons, the Knights Baronet, and a lot of them came from the Plymouth colony of Massachusetts. Yep. I was not expecting to hear anything about the Mayflower and the Pilgrims yeah. from Plymouth. No, absolutely not. So, but it's fascinating. It is. And he gives good reasons to be interested. 
Um, so these three groups have one thing in common besides Oak Island, and that's a connection to Sir William Alexander, the founder of Nova Scotia and the Knights Baronet. Okay, they showed a picture of William Alexander. Who did he look like? Billy. Billy? Yeah. I meant to do a side-by-side, but, like, he's got, like, Billy's eyes. William. I I know. And I was like, hmm, there feels like a good conspiracy here because he was in the war room and he was trying to see if they were going to figure him out. I mean, he was sitting on the gold from the Behringer survey. He was. You know, she didn't bring this up to me, so this is the first time hearing of it. And I don't remember what he looks like, so I'll have to go take another look. <laughs> Billy is the new Charles. Or the new um, Alex slash Duke Don B. Yeah, but now now I think maybe oh, so Billy's think Billy, hiding. You think Billy is William Alexander? No. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> he's like, he's he's like I said, the new Charles. Who? So you got to have someone that's trying to keep you from getting the treasure, no, right? No. And Charles has actually been helping us all along, hence C1. But Billy was sitting on the treasure last season, according to the Behringer survey. So I'm just saying, if he looks like William Alexander, you never know. Do you have your indisputable button? I don't think you do. I thought I did. No, all I had was his, I thought I had a trowel button. Well, basically, at this point, it's indisputable mm-hmm. in Deidre's mind. <laughs> Holy crow. That's yeah, very important. Yeah. All right. Well, good, good. Um, I'm I'm not gonna buy that, but that's that's fun. <laughs> All right. So um yeah, Clotworthy explains the background about Sir William Alexander. We've heard a lot about him before mm-hmm. because you know, like James McQuiston's really into this guy. Yeah. <laughs> As he should be. Fascinating fellow. The founder of Nova Scotia, right? Um, so James has a theory in a nutshell, he says, is that the followers of a group of Scottish knights created by William Alexander settled in Nova Scotia in the early 1600s. And that's a historical fact, mm-hmm. right? And the, another historical fact is they were Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Plotworthy explains that the secretive fraternity of builders known as Freemasons have been intimately connected with Oak Island mystery. Not only have prominent searchers have been members such as Daniel McGuinness, Melbourne Chapel, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And sacred symbols associated with the organization have been found all over Oak Island, including the letter G representing God, triangles, and the eye of the swamp that depicts the all-seeing eye, or the eye of providence, as was Mm -hmm. maybe it called last year. Mm -hmm. Could it be? Could be, sure. Um, Yeah, James, you know, then stated that uh, the first person initiated to what um, is today called the Freemasons was William Alexander the Younger, mm-hmm. the son of the first, the the older. <sighs> yeah. Would you call him the older? Yeah, I guess. I mean, when <laughs> you have William that Alexander. many William Alexanders, you have to distinguish them. Billy's middle name starts with the letter A. <gasps> it's Billy A. Gerhart. And it's not William <laughs> Awesome Gerhart. It's Alexander. We just solved it. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> this is our theory. It's going to get us to the war room. <laughs> right. And Billy will look at us from the other side of the table like, why'd you find my secrets? <laughs> yeah, so something that um, uh, something that uh, James McQuiston enlightened us with was that William Alexander was an investor in the Ply- Plymouth Colony and that his son, William the Younger, was on the council of the Plymouth Colony. Cool. Really cool. And so... Um, yeah, Clotworthy explains about the Plymouth Colony and how it was established by English Shepherdists in 1621. 
arriving via the Mayflower famous ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plotworthy noted that um, their official flag curiously mimicked the flag of the Knights Templar. And it did. It was like a giant red cross. Yeah. So I mean, either they had the same graphic designer, they were related. <laughs> so Yeah. But I, yeah, I definitely didn't expect to hear so much about the Mayflower and all that connection, but it's fascinating. Yeah. And so uh, James then says that it was the people from Plymouth that petitioned the King of Great Britain to give the French colony of Acadia to Alexander because they feared an attack by French forces. And in 1621, the French land of Acadia became the Scottish land of Nova Scotia on paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the French were like, no, it's still Acadia. <laughs> it's still our land. Mm-hmm. You know, but eh, if you're the king, you just yeah things here left and right, right? Here, let me just give you this. Yeah. And so um, they got it. And uh, Plymouth settlement uh, was directly responsible for Nova Scotia being established by William Alexander. So that's pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. That's something I definitely didn't know. But then it makes me think, I where's the boat stone? Because that was in Massachusetts, too. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I was thinking, like, maybe there's a connection there. Well, but I don't know. Maybe. Like, literally, I'll... that's all the thinking I did about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, think I went to um, Acadia this last year, right? On, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the mountain. In October. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so at the, t- at the peak of the mountain there, there's this giant, like, Freemason symbol carved in the top of it. Which mountain? Uh, Cadillac? Is that the... Yeah. No. Yes. Yes, it was Cadillac. Cadillac Jack? Mm-hmm. Because I went yak. to the peak there. And there were several areas there and then up further north that were known as Acadia. But it could have been someone came over thinking it was the same place and landed in the wrong spots. Or maybe they just called all of it Acadia. Could they have? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, well, it was definitely Acadia National Forest, right? Yes. So that's something that can't, that's undisputed, indisputable. It's undisputable. (laughs) Can't dispute it. So um, he believes that the treasure was connected to these three groups, the Freemasons, Knights Baronet, Plymouth Colony. And they were all aware of the treasure um, because their families had descended upon Oak Island later on by becoming landowners and treasure hunters of several of the most and um, to Oak Island to search for treasure, and several of the most famous searchers of, of the um, treasure of Oak Island come directly from like the legacy of the Plymouth Colony. Uh-huh. And then he lists out Franklin Delano Roosevelt, you know, one uh-huh. of our presidents of the United States. You know, the yeah. uh, um, the New Deal guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> the big deal, guy, the big deal guy, uh-huh. got us through World War II. How about? And then, um, or actually, you know. He was there. Yes. <laughs> uh, his grandfather, Warren Delano, G- Delano Jr. And uh, James discovered that Warren Delano Jr. descended from three men from the Plymouth colony. And Franklin um, Delano Roosevelt mm-hmm. had descended from at least four. Um, Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Marty says, well, how about that? And everybody laughs. <laughs> you know, I did some like digging in my own an- ancestry, um, like on an- ancestry.com a mm-hmm. while back. And like Deidre was so excited to do this. And then I'm like, oh, let's look up some of my stuff. And then we just, I, we just left her in the dust. Like she didn't get to do anymore. That was fun. No, you did it. 
but I don't think you did a, as thorough. Yeah, well, like I had found that I had ancestors directly from Jamestown colony, but I probably did some stuff wrong. Yeah, I've been mean to get, I've actually been thinking about that lately, getting back into mine because there's so many Irish connections on it, my side um, mm. through my mom's side. And I don't know nearly as much about my mother's side as I do about my father's well if you look if you can see us right now Deidre is definitely the fairest of them all at least in, the, in the white house here and then i burn <laughs> and then freckle burn and freckle plenty of redheads in my family i grew up in california i have like a permatan permatan mm. all right anywho <laughs> um yeah so james continues by saying that the, long before he was involved in this um it had been said that these men had been pursuing an old family legend uh -huh. and with so many important families coming to Nova Scotia from the vicinity of the Plymouth colony, there could be no greater way to connect Oak Island to the very colony responsible for the founding of Nova Scotia by Sir William Gerhardt, Alexander Gerhardt. No, sorry. <laughs> Sir William Alexander. Oh, I think Billy's middle name is Alexander. <laughs> mm. I'm just saying, like, that's pretty funny. That's pretty, pretty, pretty funny. That why he just leaves the A there so that people will, it's like a breadcrumb. People will figure it out. You figure it out. Yeah. Genius. Mm -hmm. All right. So, in a little interview, Rick says that he has the most respect for James's research. And as you sit there and you listen to the information, it puts you into the back of your chair, you know, because. Mm. We know certainly that the Delano family and the Roosevelt family side were certainly interested in the hunt, but all of these people directly associated with the Oak Island story, that's strange. It is strange. All tying back to this tiny little island. Yeah, and like the Plymouth colony. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is like, whoa. And so um, Marty tells the fellowship that James uh, and James that it's hard to think that all of this could be a coincidence after listening to all those names. Mm -hmm. And it's really amazing that James did all of this work and... He had to admit that the treasure story, it, it's amazing, and that there is something there. And James's theory is entirely plausible, mm -hmm. and it gives them the energy to keep going. Yeah, I, mean, I think they already had the energy. Well, like you said, Rick's energy is kind of a little bit lower, mm -hmm. unless. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of work, and it's day in, day out. We know. They're all working very long hours. Especially Rick. Yeah, especially Rick. And it's just, you know, it's a lot. You're taking in and doing a lot, but with having such solid research, it's like, okay, we really are working towards something pretty big here. We know that those guys go out there more than 12 hours a day, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I only imagine that they're getting ready to do that again soon. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if they're like rubbing their hands together, relishing the opportunity to come back, or if they're like, oh my gosh, another year of digging. No, I bet you they're excited to they come back, but they're <clears throat> probably still sleeping off all the work that they did this last year because, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So Rick says that um, the importance of doing research and the research itself is so critically important. And he thinks that right now they're only in their in the infancy of doing it. And um, on the island, uh, recon they recognize the importance of it. And he finishes by telling James, thank you for all your hard work. James then says he hopes that there's some way that he, they can put together, uh, they can work together and figure out exactly what the heck happened here. Uh -huh. 
Rick says that he is welcome back anytime, and it, it's quite remarkable. And he says, what is it, Charles? How many pieces of the puzzle? Mm -hmm. How many are missing? Mm -hmm. And Charles replies, a thousand piece puzzle and 600 pieces are missing. <laughs> and he also says, well, maybe uh, James just gave us a couple. Of the, maybe James has a couple of the pieces. Well, I hope I hope he added at least 10. Yeah. I mean, a couple pieces makes your missing 600 a little bit less. Yeah, so it's like 590. It's fine. Uh-huh. You're good. All right, so then we do go to the wash table. Yes, the wash where, table near 10X. Where Super Mike yep. is working with Steve. Mm -hmm. um, and going through the spoils. Is, is Steve Super Steve? Or is he just like... Um, He's Surveyor Steve. Surveyor Steve. Super Surveyor. Ouch, Steve. Just saying. Royal... Michael is super. The royal cartographer. <laughs> I laughed really hard because Steve's opening line in this entire episode. For data sense, northwest of the money pit, we went to 150, 160 feet, if I remember correctly. Okay. I'm going to guess that he remembered correctly. My guess is he remembered correctly. I feel like he might be a data guy because... <laughs> That's probably 90% of what he talks about if that's his opening line. Yeah, well, he's he is a data dude. Yeah, okay. a data dude. Wow, that feels like a trending hashtag. Hashtag data dude. <laughs> yeah, so they're at borehole E5.25. Uh -huh. Love it. Just saying, I, I love the 0.25s. Yes, and that's from 2018, and it was a five-foot diameter can. Pretty big. And it is just barely south east of c1 okay well, yeah southeast. really uh-huh i thought they weren't doing much towards c1 last year but they were just focusing on this the, or... wasn't last year this was two years ago no it was three years three ago. years ago okay well um clotworthy explains that this particular case on has become of interest again because of its proximity to you know everything we're buying mm -hmm. so I, it makes sense and uh, the channel they're tracking underground. The hope is that a more meticulous search through the spoils could bring up something that they missed and help with the search. Yeah. So not just a scanning or any of that. And I'm thinking, wow, these spoils have just been sitting there for a long time. That's a lot to go through with individual wash tables. As Jar Jar Binks would say, longo timeo. <laughs> yeah. So Steve pulled up what appeared to be coconut fiber. And Michael mm -hmm. John, um, all right, so they hand it around, mm -hmm. take a close look at it. But then Michael John finds something way better. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, and it looks like a perfectly round stone, or we don't we don't know if it's stone at the time, but pulls it up, and Steve is excited about it. He's like, "Hey, Steve, look at this." He yep. suggests and it's Steve a cannonball. Says, yeah, he says it could be a cannonball or some kind of a, like a, like a grape shot, mm -hmm. which is uh, smaller uh, rounds mm -hmm. like that. And um, yeah, I mean, could be. I mean, it looks a little promising. Yeah, it definitely it's, nature didn't do that. Yeah, not it. that round, not like that. So it's pretty good. And Steve says that he doesn't know how old it is, but it is, you know, it's it's pretty old. Yeah, <laughs> it, it can probably date pretty darn old. He just well, he knows these types of things can date pretty old. And Clotworthy goes on to remind us that last week, Michael, John, Gary, and David had found pieces of a cannon. They did. Cannonball. Cannon. Possibly. Maybe. Could it well, be? That's what Carmen Lake said. Mm -hmm. He's usually right. Yeah. Mm. And so they're excited about it. And then Marty and Aaron show up at the wash table. 
because they heard about this find. Yep, they got to pass it around. Got to take a look and they're like, tell me what it is. You know, it's funny a little bit. Aaron's like, mm hmm. Yeah, he was like, I'm and then not. Marty's like, well, I'll show it to Laird. Fine. Yeah. He's like, I ain't going to say it, it could be a lot of things. Yeah. And so they do take it or they, you know, they agree they need to show it to Gary, show it to Laird. Um, it's a good thing they show Gary because Gary apparently has seen a bunch of these. Uh -huh. um, but Marty, then what does he say at the end of that? He says, if even if it is nothing, I'll put it on my desk. I guess at least it'll be a good paperweight at the very least. There you go. So they do go to the research center, and I guess this is where we'll, we end our coverage for the episode. Uh -huh. But we had Marty, Doug, Laird, and Gary. Uh -huh. And Marty had brought over the round stone they found at the wash table because he really wanted to have more eyes put on it. And Gary is excited. Oh, yeah. He was like, I this is looks exactly like what I hoped it would look like. Yeah, he calls it a dress stone or a gun stone. And he says it was definitely a projectile and would have been fired out of a blunderbuss or off of an old ship. Uh -huh. Very, very cool. Clotworthy then goes into, oh, he, blunderbuss? Like, let's talk uh -huh. about a blunderbuss. What is a blunderbuss? You yeah. I, I love that Clotworthy always has to uh, chime in and give us a background on whatever, because like, if, if you're watching this and you don't, you don't know, Mm -hmm. you, like and they say blunderbuss like people are just like huh what the heck is that so right it's a good thing they um give us some a little bit of background <laughs> yeah i played a lot of video games and pirate video games and stuff so i know exactly what a blunderbuss is but you know. well and he goes on to explain that the pilgrims were long associated you know who were long associated with the plymouth colony use these firearms there have been you see pictures of pilgrims with them yep. and this could this help link james mcquiston's theory about the colonies how convenient mm, <laughs> good, good timing ammo. i guess yeah no very cool though it could i suppose so marty uh says that at first he thought it grape shot because it was dark and wet but now that is easy uh, dry and easier to see that it's stone and not iron mm-hmm as you pointed out mm -hmm. and then doug points out that the reason they stopped making these you know out of iron was because it was sorry out of stone was because it was more economical to make them out of iron so it took a long time to like polish those things down to get them you know mm -hmm. um, nice and perfectly round mm -hmm. that you know, need it and then you yeah. use it one time and it's gone well, it's kind of like um laird said they looks like it's just been pecked 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 away at yeah and people would walk around and pick up stones of the right size and they'd have to peck away at them that's how they pass the time back in the day no cell phones no youtube yeah or <laughs> make your own shots right oh, or as gosh. doug points out they'd employ stonemasons to do it well you know if they were doing a lot of carving and chipping off of like old rocks around the island maybe they use the remnants to uh make some ammo out of who Could knows they? maybe Yep. And so Gary says that he used to collect these things. Uh -huh. You always find them on old battlefields in England. Uh -huh. And Marty is excited um, and is glad that everyone thinks it's a good find, a big find. Uh -huh. He asked Doug to do some additional research and uh, Terry. See if they can get Terry to do the acid test on oh, it yeah. to find out if it is. Uh, what did, what did Laird have to say about it? Laird was there. Laird said very little. He said he held it and he says, yeah, well, it looks like it's been pecked oh, away yeah, at a lot, right. but yeah. that's it. That's like, right. 
and he was like looks cool yeah that's probably exactly what it is yeah i think marty was like all right doug i need you to like get the volume density mm -hmm. and he's like i thought steve was the uh, numbers and really uh like the math guy Give I, it to steve yeah. he'll get all that stuff no steve is building sandcastles right <laughs> now so that's true and uh uncovering a cellar where there might be a bag of gold maybe yeah. so right now doug's gotta take charge of that all right, so that's it. Next time on The Curse of Oak Island. Yes. Uh, we hear Terry in the money pit saying, oh, we got a shaft here, and maybe it's the money pit. He's excited. I hope he gets more Terryisms. Terry, that's a big say. Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron then chimes in. Obviously, they're at the swamp, and he says that something's super cool, and it would indicate there was a structure. So my assumption is we're going to get some more on the stone foundation cool yep and then, then the uh mm -hmm. carmen leg which i talked about earlier because they pulled up an ox shoe at least uh so gary like. and michael john are you sure it's an ox shoe yeah because that's what carmen said oh okay and then he said it was scottish and they were like whoa wow. and i figured that was good timing since james mcquiston was just on talking about the scots coming over mm -hmm. makes sense and oh i'm excited because Craig is delivering dates on something. He's got that look on his face. It's his favorite thing to do. Yes. And he said that whatever it is he, they're delivering this information on, says it's from under the stone pathway, and it's from one time period. So that's exciting. And Marty's excited. So if Marty's excited, I'm excited. If Marty's excited, everybody should be excited. Uh, dear. Because Marty used to be the one that didn't get super stoked. Right. So he's super stoked. I'm super stoked. All right. That's cool. Good job. That was fun. That's the episode. That was a, a good one. It was and then a good we one. have a, a new episode tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Do we even know the name of it? Uh, Fire in the Hole? No, Fire that was... Hole. Let me think. Yeah, I got it here. Uh, yep. Fire in the Hole. Yes. So there we go. Uh, okay. Yeah, Fire in the Hole tomorrow night uh -huh. on the History Channel. And Fire in the Hole! Yeah. Well, maybe it has more to do with cannonballs and stuff, huh? Or dynamite. Dynamite. Uh, you know. Dave Blankenship making a comeback. <laughs> nope. Not, just kidding. Not. Yeah, don't. Don't tease people. We don't know anything. We, we are just a couple of fans that make a podcast as fans for the fans. By the fans for the fans. By the fans for the fans. All right, so... um. We do have clotworthies. Yes. So Should we do some clotworthy moments. Yes. Let's start with the winner from <laughs> two weeks the last ago. episode. Well, two weeks ago. Okay. And the winner. A possible tunnel at a depth of some 87 feet in borehole BC4. <laughs> possible Yay. Tunnel. Possible tunnel. The winner. Win, 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 win. Good job. Yeah. I, ha I actually posted that on the Facebook really late and I put a post that shh. Don't tell anybody, but like I posted this and uh, I don't want my wife to know that I almost missed posting this. And mm -hmm. then like, I think everyone's like, I'm going to tell your wife. But mm -hmm. then my wife's like, she puts the first comment up there and she's like, your wife knows all. Mm -hmm. I already like, oh. knew. You would have had to like block me from that yeah, post. You know, it's kind of funny or it's not funny because we got sick and we couldn't uh -huh. do the next. It like, it literally wasn't like technically late. In oh, it to was this definitely episode. late. But like, it was still way before this, like what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Are you going to get this one done in time? Because, you know, this podcast is late. 
Mm. Uh -huh. We'll see. Okay, let's see what this <laughs> week's <laughs> ones are. All right. All right. The first one is the one I think you're going to like. Okay. Oops. The possible remains of a cellar located along the stone pathway leading out of the swamp. Where like Rick it. sticks his hand in. <laughs> and then a mad beaver gnaws his hand off. Yeah, wow. That'd be really sad. That would be sad. Glad it didn't happen, but that is one choice. Okay, the second one, as soon as I heard it, I knew it had to be a clout-worthy moment. Mm. Okay, let's hear it. A small cannonball or possibly grape shot? He's a, a poet and he didn't know it. <laughs> he is the new Dr. Seuss. That's pretty good stuff. A small cannonball? <laughs> that was pretty good. So what your job is now, dear listener, is to go to facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast, find the groups tab, click it, go to could it be an Oak Island group, and then you could uh, vote for either one of those uh, choices mm -hmm. to be the next clotworthy moment of the week. And then we'll and reveal it on the next episode. Exactly. You can also go to um, Twitter. Twitter.com slash Oak Island pod and do the same thing there. Yes. Uh, speaking of social media, you can also find us on Instagram at Oak Island podcast. Um, I think that's it for. Oh, and then, of course, our page on facebook uh which is where we share most everything um go go find us there we we interact a lot there which is at oak island podcast we also have a phone number do you have it handy oh i can look it up real quick okay um, it is three six zero uh <laughs> eight three six four five four nine you want to say it again three six zero eight three six four five four nine marty lagina called us once okay. so i mean be cool like marty you could be cool like marty you could choose to not be cool like marty and that's fine i guess whatever <laughs> you can also email us at oak island podcast at gmail.com all right so there's one more thing i want to share before we go mm -hmm. we got a new itunes review oh did we we did and uh, i want to read it to you guys and uh yeah so here we go all right it says uh this is from field 357 okay okay it says the TV show is problematic and at podcast that doesn't take an honest approach to this isn't recommended anymore by myself. One star. Anymore. So was this someone that liked us once and doesn't like us anymore? I don't know who that's Field, sad. Field 357 is. A one star. One star. And that's really, that's really sad. So, um, <sighs> That, that makes me sad, but I know we can't please everybody. I mean, we're not everybody's cup of tea, that's for sure. Well, the TV show is problematic, it says. Hey, okay, we are not the TV show. We're not, but we love the TV show. Mm -hmm. And at podcast, that doesn't take an honest approach. It must mean an and podcast and or like and a podcast. Like maybe it was autocorrect. Yeah. So we don't take an honest approach. I think we do take an honest approach mm -hmm. because literally, um, okay. From what I know, mm -hmm. any other of the Oak Island podcasts or mm -hmm. live streams or whatever, um, they a lot of them do a great job. Mm -hmm. I think all of them do a great job. They're they're good. They're mm -hmm. really good. They have we have something they don't have. What we have experience digging for buried treasure. That's okay? true. We know how hard it is to dig for buried treasure. Mm -hmm. It's 
ridiculously difficult, mm -hmm. even when the thing we're looking for is three feet deep. That's true. And you can't find it. Okay, these guys are looking for something that's buried possibly hundreds of feet underground in an area that is so, like, it's so torn up already, you know? like. And it's a moving target. They have a solution channel. It's what they do is ridiculously difficult. So we give them the benefit of the doubt because we know they're trying as hard as they can. And there's a good chance it's down there and they never find it because it's so freaking difficult. So we take the approach of supporting them, loving what they do, rooting them on and not criticizing when they don't find something because we know how hard it is to find something that's buried. Well, it sounds like this person doesn't like the show or is yeah. burnt out on it. So I'm yeah. not sure why they're looking for a pod. Maybe they're looking for a podcast that doesn't like it and is looking to tear into it. So maybe instead, hey friends, don't leave us a review. Yeah, if um, it would be really great. Like even if just one of you guys listening right now went to Apple, put in a, a some kind of positive review, maybe with five stars and said that, hey, we appreciate what these guys do. And uh, we think they kind of know what they're talking about a little bit. And yes, we love, and yes, they are, um, I don't know, we're like fanboys and fangirls of the show. And that's fine because we know from personal experience how hard it is to dig for buried treasure. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. It's super duper, duper hard. So if you can go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Um, it would be really appreciated. And, it, you know, because when we saw this yesterday, kind of made us sad because this guy obviously... Uh, just doesn't Anna, doesn't know what it, we're about. It's sad for me to think that our most recent review was a one star. Yeah, and uh, let's, on, let's not give him any more attention. Yeah, on top of that, like I don't know, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much, but we do a lot of cool stuff for the community too. We put out a lot of cool content. We do the trivia, we do the pregame, and it it's all just for fun. Mm -hmm. And we actually pay a lot of money out every month uh, to do these things. Okay. So anyway, I'm, Let, let's end our rant. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying, like, please just go give us a five-star review because that's that we can use it. <laughs> <laughs> We're done defending ourselves. It happens. It, just made me sad. it is sad, but that's okay. But it is what it is. We know a lot of you have put up five stars in the past, so thank you so thank much you. for that. You guys are awesome. So we're not you could delete anymore. it and make a new one. It's fine with me. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think that is it for this episode. Mm -hmm. And we do have trivia tonight. Like I mentioned, 5 p.m. Pacific, and we are going over. Uh, we'll be doing trivia for Cannon Fodder. Yeah, our one of our listeners, Melanie, wrote the questions for us because we asked somebody to do it because I was having eye surgery that weekend, and um, she stepped up. And so, thank you. We're going to get to those questions, and um, I might I might add a couple of extra questions just from this episode too. Maybe not. I don't know. Depending I, on how I, much time I told them just that last episode. Okay, fine. It's kind of messed up fine. to put five in there. And they don't know what it could possibly. It would be. be the last five. That means they would have no to have deal. full notes for both. Sections. All right, don't don't do notes for tonight for this episode. I guess whatever. <laughs> we'll get to it at some other point. Oh man. Okay, right. let's wrap this up. Let's do it. So until next time. Could it be? Bye.